Hey, what up? It is Eric, and this is the fourth podcast presented by McDonald's as we celebrate Black History Month and talk about hip-hop and culture. And for the final one, we thought we'd take a a little bit of a swerve, so to speak. And we've talked about hip-hop and culture, and we've talked about hip-hop and business and education. We've talked about hip-hop and fashion, and now we're going to talk a little bit about hip-hop and religion. We're talking to Julian Newman. He is the co-founder and lead pastor at Tribes Church, CEO and founder of Retro Future Films, and uh, keynote speaker, inspirational guy, just a genuinely amazing human being to talk to. And we're going to talk to him about the place for hip-hop in culture as it relates to religion, the place for hip-hop in culture as it touches racism, and he is huge into film. So we'll talk a little bit about perhaps the differences in which hip-hop as a genre and film as a genre do a better or worse job talking about race in America and making meaningful change as we talk about race, talking about Black History Month again brought to you by mcdonald's this has been such a great month of doing this stuff and i cannot say enough nice things about the team over at mcdonald's who helped put this whole thing together like i said in the first one we came to them with this idea and they said yeah that sounds awesome let's go do this and they made all the stuff happen so a big thank you to them it is uh the incredible halt podcast as we celebrate black history month all february long brought to you by mcdonald's so without further ado let's do the thing there are aspects of my personality that I can't control. Don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. The Incredible Halt Podcast. Now might be a really good time for you to get angry. That's my secret. I'm always angry. Don't tell television to believe that one day we'd all be millionaires and movie gods and rock stars. But we won't. The Incredible Halt. Besides, nobody's getting hurt. Podcast. Maybe if I can control it, I can use it. Hear the music. Julian, how are you? I'm doing great, man. So, um, you know, in the intro, we talked a little bit about, you know, where you are right now as a lead pastor, co-founder yeah. of Tribes Church. Yeah, yeah. You also are running your own film company. And yeah. But before we kind of get into the meat of what we're talking about, can, yeah. for people who have never heard from you or of you, yeah. kind of give us some context as to how you got here. You know, as a guy who's a lover of film, lover yeah. of music, now running a church you know and yeah. and we if we had more time and i know you'll be back yeah. in this podcast so we yeah. can do this but like the whole general insanity of planning a church mm-hmm. and what that's all about you know and and, and all the stresses that come to that and mm-hmm. here we're in this beautiful building mm-hmm. how did we get here um well i have the huge heart for um you know bringing people together i think in a faith context we should do that sure. unfortunately uh the american church in some respects has not been the change agent in terms of being a catalyst for Jesus' community, according to what I think the scriptures communicate. And so um, I have always felt a certain calling to be a part of bringing people together in Jesus' community beyond race, class, color. I can't even remember not feeling a certain conviction of that even as a kid and so um, as life would have it I got uh, I moved to Grand Rapids Michigan uh, a very cold place uh, (laughs) during the winter from California but the reason why I came is because uh, I was going to be a part of a ministry that uh, was trying to do that and trying to bridge the, the, the race divide, the color divide. And, and one of our taglines is we wanted to be a church that looked like heaven. And so 
Revelation chapter 7 says, uh, 7, I believe, beginning of verse 9, says every tribe, tongue, people, and nation. There's this huge moment, uh, crowd of people that are worshiping Jesus that transcend all the barriers that mm-hmm. we, we present in this world. And so uh, we, I was a part of this ministry for a few years, and um, some changes happened, and some of our ultimate goals were not realized. And though I was from the West Coast, I felt a real calling to this community as well as this cause. Um, I actually had planned to start Tribes Church to be a part of starting it in 2006. Oh, wow. And yeah, 2006, man. And so I uh, had the plan, had the breakdown that we wanted to be a, a church that um, transcended those barriers and that we would serve in the marketplace, not just a sacred space. And but, you know, God didn't open those doors. And so I moved back to California and I was there for six and a half years uh, pastoring a church there. And then um, I felt like I was supposed to make a change. I tried to go to film school in Southern California at USC Cinematic School, which is very prestigious. I did not get in. (laughs) Um, And uh, that began the whole process of me moving back to greater Grand Rapids area. Um, I went to Compass College of Cinematic Arts, uh, you know, Go Compass. And um, and then we started Tribes as uh, in that same time period. And so I think for me personally, there's three realms that I want to operate in. One, I want to be in the faith space. Um, and I and I and I say that because the, the transcendent, you know, the supernatural, the spiritual um, the is, is the essence of who I believe we are as human beings be, beyond what we physically see and, and can touch and all that. Um, I also want to be in the um, the creative space. Uh, I, I love film. Um, I believe that uh, film is an amazing way to tell um, not only God's story, but redemptive stories that reach the heart. Uh, I just got back from Sundance and that was an extraordinary experience. I um, saw some amazing movies that would just rock me. Uh, and one day I want to have something that shows there. And then lastly, I want to be in the, the space of culture. And um, I, I think that one of the most significant conversations that are happening on earth right now is the one of race. Sure. And how do we interact in human relationships beyond the color barrier and beyond class and all that. And we've seen it done the wrong way. And I don't think, you know, we can turn on the news right now and, and see some of the, uh, you know, the elbowing and shoving and pushing and yelling. But uh, I, I think that underneath all that consternation is a real need for us as people to live in harmony. And so I want to do those three things. And um, as a part of here, you know, Tribe Church, uh, doing film, um, you know, speaking and having great conversation with people like yourself. I want to be a part of the solution, and I don't want to be somebody that simply points at the problem. And this year is obviously one of those years where mm-hmm. that seems to be what's happening. You know, and, and in the three prior conversations, you know, we were talking about if you look back specific to hip hop, mm-hmm. you know, and, and how it connects to culture, and, and in many ways transcends it mm-hmm. and it actually moves it forward. 
if you look at what it was like in the seventies when it was this innovation and mm-hmm. people were like, what, you know, mm-hmm. when you're talking about cool hurricane, Coke, mm-hmm. rock and all that, like, yeah. what is this thing to the eighties when it really felt like it was starting to be a voice. It was starting to move things in a different direction to the nineties when then it becomes part of the zeitgeist mm-hmm. where now it almost feels as if, and I don't know, you know, I don't mm-hmm. know what your thoughts are on this, but it almost feels like it should be, more impactful and doesn't feel like it is really at all. Like it doesn't, it feels like it's just part of the culture itself feels like on the whole, it's become so much part of the mainstream. It's no longer mm-hmm. in the, in the mass sense, mm-hmm. like kicking down doors mm-hmm. respective to what you're talking about with film. I mean, mm-hmm. you're going to go see not your Negro tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you look over the course of the last eight months, there's been some really, really powerful films that talk about race you're right. that I think actually, tend to be more powerful than what's happening in the music space. That's a great, great point. Um, and I think I would agree with that. I, th- I think somewhere, I think somewhere over the course of time, we, music became more of a, I want to be famous. I want to make money. I want to, uh, you know, hip hop, the, the whole bling conversation. Sure. Um, in, in terms of, when I think about what I would call the golden age of hip hop, for me, my, my kids say that, you know, that's old school. But I, I think about people like um, KRS-One. Um, I think about um, tracks like uh, Self-Destruction. I think about Public Enemy. And in many of the consciousness that surrounded rap music was something to try to educate and to further a perspective. Uh, a lot of that was rooted in the African-American experience. And then uh, we went into a, a gangster era. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, NWA came out and there were so many different uh, groups that were inspired by the, um, the intensity of their message and, you know, some would say that, man, there was a lot of stuff that they were saying that spoke about police brutality. Sure. And the reality that was going on in the uh, in the hood. And, and I think I would agree with a portion of that. But I think the, the flip side was now rap had this gangster tone to it. And it was more about the form rather than the function of what was trying to be communicated. And I, I think that. You know, there are exceptions, you know, to uh, the rule. Um, I'm thinking about someone like J. Cole would, would definitely be uh, an individual that is trying to say something outside of just making music. And Kendrick that Lamar. Kendrick Lamar right. obviously would be someone there. Um, I, I think that you could even make a case um, for um, Chance. Sure. You know? And so I think there are exceptions to the rule. But I do agree that hip hop is not, in terms of your words, breaking doors down uh, culturally, um, putting things on a table to challenge our comfort zones the way that the film industry is right now. And, and I think we need voices like that. Yeah. And, and, you know, I don't say this as any as any form of judgment, just mm-hmm. an observation, because when yeah. you think about art in whatever form, mm-hmm. if it's books, if it's movies, if yeah. it's poetry, if it's whatever, mm-hmm. it feels like it should either be a reflection of culture or something that's moving culture in a different direction. And specific to the last year and a half, it feels like if you look at 
And I know most people live in their echo chambers and mm -hmm. social media, but if you look at social media, people have a lot of stuff to say, yeah. right? Like, yeah. and so yeah. the fact that music as a whole, even rock isn't really doing a great job mm -hmm. of kicking down any doors or boundaries mm -hmm. or, and it's not necessarily that, that it needs to be one side versus the other, mm -hmm. but just in general, mm -hmm. the discord in the country is not being represented in music and, and you know and, and we're talking about hip-hop today mm -hmm. but just specific to music in general mm -hmm. it just doesn't feel like that's an art form that has gone yeah there's some stuff in the world that i want to talk about and and i don't i'm not going to chase the fame i'm not going to chase the money i'm not going to chase chart position and mm -hmm. i use that specific because lupe fiasco had an album come out late last night early into today mm -hmm. and um I listened to it a couple of times last night again this morning and I was talking to a friend of mine in the industry and his very first question was not was it any good not what did you like about it not what does he have to say mm -hmm. hear any radio hits on it mm -hmm. no I didn't hear any radio hits on it because who cares because mm -hmm. if that's the goal right mm -hmm. like then that's what you're going to get you're yeah. going to get Flo Rida mm -hmm. all of the time yes every day mm -hmm. you know I, I think I, I'm sitting there as you're as you're talking. What would be maybe the a de to deconstruct the reason for that? Maybe music is so niche, and so I listen to the stuff that I like. Where films seem to have maybe a broader reach. I mean, Hidden Figures came out not long ago. That was uh, it is the leading. Uh, it's grossed more money than any of the Best Picture nominees for the Academy Awards. Um, and if you were to see Hidden Figures, I mean, there were people from all backgrounds that went to sure. see that film. Uh, you have uh, Moonlight that, that came out that's not, that's very recently, is also, I think, nominated for one of the best pictures. Uh, you look at uh, Lion that, that centers around a... Have you seen uh, that? I have seen it. Is it good? Yes, it is. Yeah. Blew me away. Uh, you know, a, an Indian boy that gets lost. And so adoption and uh, transracial relationships and love and um, paternity and, and what does it mean to be a mother to, to Indian boys when you originate from, uh, you know, European country. I think she was Australian. And so those things are happening in the film space and we're not having that harder edge outside of the ex exceptions that we've named uh, in a larger way. And, and to be honest with you, as an old school hip hop head, um, it's unfortunate, man. It is. It's unfortunate because I, I think that the art form has such a, a potential edge to it that it's a shame that we're not utilizing it in a larger sense to be able to communicate um, with strength that maybe some of the old school guys said. I, I, we were talking before we actually started to record about, you know, Sam Cooke's A Change Is Gonna Come. Yeah. And that was my, my parents' era. That wasn't mine. But I remember the first time that I heard that song, I was affected by it, even though I didn't really understand maybe the background uh, that, that, that helped create it. But there are some songs that once you hear once, you never forget. And that was one of them. And so uh, maybe there's a new generation of artists that are in the basement somewhere recording that are going to be a part of maybe not only a, uh, a renaissance of hip-hop in terms of its influence, but a renaissance of hip-hop in terms of 
the uh, the meaningfulness of its message. Because what's interesting is is you being. I love film, but I'm not. I'm not at. Julian's level, right? <laughs> but what's interesting is, so you talk about this renaissance of hip hop, yeah. and you wonder when you think about the way the human brain works. Mm. I've given you an app that has every song that's ever been recorded ever. Mm. And Julian Newman listens to the 15 songs that he's listened to for his entire life mm. because his brain can't process like mm-hmm. that, right? Like yeah. you just don't go and search that stuff out. Mm. However, if Hidden Figures comes out, in one of the two worst months of the year to release a movie, mm-hmm. September being the yes. second one, right? Yes. Yes. However, it catches on like wildfire. Mm-hmm. People go see it and they tell a friend who tells a mm-hmm. friend who tells a friend because the thing about film, and that's not that music doesn't have its own experience, but mm-hmm. the thing about film and the reason why you and I connected early on, right, a couple mm-hmm. years ago, is that going to the theater, that experience is something that's best served as a group. Yeah. You know, where music you can do on your own. Mm-hmm. You can put your earbuds in mm-hmm. and listen on the train to whatever mm-hmm. you're doing. And that's not, you're never turning to the guy next to you on the mm-hmm. subway and going, mm-hmm. you know, this Run the Jewels track that I'm listening to right <laughs> now is amazing because you're just locked in your yeah. world and yeah. it's just you and the music. And maybe your friends are talking about it, but still, it's a pretty tight circle uh-huh. where these films, Moonlight and Hidden Figures specifically, mm-hmm. are moving by word of mouth. Yeah tempo that I don't really see in the music space. It's very well said. I, I think um, as you were talking, I was thinking about, you know, Birth of a Nation, uh, Hidden Figures, Moonlight, uh, 12 Years a Slave from a couple years ago, um, even um, McFarlane uh, with uh, Kevin Costner that tells a story about um, the, um, li- 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 the Latin experience in the United States. Um, and so we are doing that. And you're right. Film is a communal experience. You go to appreciate it in a room that's filled with other seats and you can have conversations and dialogue about it in a way that the echo chamber in which we we exist in from a musical standpoint is not. For example, as as I was coming here, I was listening to uh, one of my favorite groups of all time, not a hip hop group, even though it's got hip hop uh, influences, New Edition. Sure. That's my crew. I wanted to be a part of the group. Um, I, if any, if there, if any of the guys are listening to this, <laughs> you know, I, I still, and they've got an extra know, space, yeah, you know, so I can be the seventh member gotcha. of New Edition. And so, um, I, I do think that music is a vehicle that does change the world. It can, um, you know, it should, and, and it has. It must. Yeah. 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 And, so what sort of stuff like right now, you know, when, when people hear that you planted a church mm-hmm. and you're a lead pastor, right? Like, I really feel that they put you in a box. It's like, yeah. th- this is the stuff that he's into because yeah. of Jesus, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, what sort of stuff pop culture wise are, are you consuming right now? Like, what are you watching? What are you listening to? What are you? Oh, man. Okay. Reading? That's a great question. Okay. So I'm reading a lot of screenwriting books right now. Um, one of my favorite, um, I'm reading a book by Sidney Lumet on screenwriting. He's a classic, um, a director in Hollywood. Um, there's a, a, a dude that I love. His name is Robin Sharma and, uh, he is a success coach. He's an, um, a podcaster and just a lot of things in terms of improving, you know, human performance, 
I am I am not a person that watches a lot of television. Uh, even though I did watch the new edition uh, miniseries from a couple <laughs> weeks ago, uh, took me back. Uh, I, I, I'm a huge sports guy, love sports, uh, and the conversation in terms of what does, uh, how sports, culture, um, even politics all intersect. Um, uh, I'm, I'm huge into that. I, um, I love reading um, biographies, and stories about people that have achieved a measure of greatness or excellence or influence that makes the world a better place. So uh, read um, a biography on Michael Jackson, and so it was interesting to look at his backstory. Um, done some reading and listening to Oprah Winfrey about Oprah Winfrey and her story. Um, uh, whether Steven Spielberg, I, I believe that we become, if we can become students of those that have achieve greatness, influence, have um, stepped into their calling and their conviction with intensity, I think we can learn something for ourselves. And so um, you're right in terms of, you know, when you're in a ministry space, and even in, in, our, in our context here at Tribes, we, we really try to have a, a collective and uh, co-leadership or even community leadership standpoint so it doesn't feel like there's a singular superstar because here at tribe church we want jesus to be the star but i but i'll tell you that there are times where i meet people and i tell them you know what i do or or they hear about me and and then and then you're kind of in this i don't know ministry pastoral box and sometimes people will even start to like you know go into a confessional mode it's a trip and so what I try to tell people is before I ever went to seminary, Bible school, got ordained or any of that, my name was Julian, and that's the name that my mom and my dad gave me. And so when I'm interacting and trend, you know, navigating the world, I don't think, I, I see it, I'm myself. There are times where I have to be reminded, oh yeah, you know, you're a part of this, that, and the other, because I think that if we can be humans first, all the other stuff can happen afterwards. Yep. And so I don't lead with ministry. I don't lead with uh, any of these things that I have had the privilege to be a part of and are a part of. Before all of that, I'm just a guy named Julian that grew up in Sacramento, California, and uh, on Craig Avenue, you know, back, uh, back in Medibu. So that, that to me is, I think, an important part of, of, of how I want to be and maybe – if we were more human before we are the other things, maybe the other things would be easier to do or to navigate. For sure. So um, you've also been, and I kind of want to wrap up talking Mm -hmm. about this. You've also been doing some really cool stuff in in the schools as regard to race, Mm -hmm. you know, and and you were talking that you're going to do something coming up here a little bit about black Mm -hmm. history month. So what are, what are you doing and you know, and how is it, how are they receptive? Because of course, a lot of this stuff that is going on in the world is modeled, right? Mm-hmm. They, you know, a 10 year old doesn't invent their own version of racism, yeah. right? They, they've observed that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, kind of what are you seeing and what are the, what's the format and what's happening? Okay. Well, one of the things that a lot of schools are dealing with now is, is bullying is huge. And so social media, the internet, um, is, is raise a level of communication, interaction, and exposure. So as uh, when we were growing up, 
we didn't have the opportunity to see uh, an, uh, an image or caricature um, in a few seconds from the other side of the world. So we didn't have Google. We didn't have any of that stuff. And so social media has created almost the opportunity for a 360-degree uh, bullying reality. So if I'm a student, uh, someone could get, you know, get at me in a negative way at school. But when I go home, I'm not free from that. Sure. You know, because someone's texting me. Someone is, uh, you know, posting something on Instagram and all that. So we're seeing some of the ugliest stuff happen in a academic context that is really connected to some of the other things that are happening in our society in terms of uh, not being civil in our disagreements. Yeah. Um, and, and so that's playing itself. It's, it's moving over into middle school, high school. And, um, and so I do this one talk called uh, Give Your Cape Away. Since be a hero, give your cape away. And what it is is, is, is to affirm the dignity and the awesomeness and the amazingness of every other human being. When we think about heroes, uh, heroes have uh, a costume or uh, Superman has a cape. Well, it's his costume that lets us know who he is, but what he does gives meaning to how he dresses. And what I try to uh, put out there for the students is that everybody has a cape. Everybody is a hero. But in our case we get to have the privilege of giving the cape away by affirming the dignity of others. And so I try to get people to laugh. I try to get them to see themselves um, in relation to um, and to other people. And so how that relates to the whole race conversation is we've all been placed to this planet with different unique um, characteristics and abilities. And rather than see those unique characteristics and abilities as a negative, we need to see them as assets. And we have to affirm ours by investing um, in, into, uh, into the lives of other people. So I've been very successful, had a lot of fun. I met a lot of amazing kids. And I was in one setting uh, in, a, in a school not far from here, um, and someone was, uh, was heckling me. And uh, the kid was in the front. He was heckling me a little bit. And I thought, you know, nothing of it. It happens. But he wouldn't stop. So finally, I just stopped and turned to him. And I said, hey, man, uh, you've been talking the whole time that I've been talking. Uh, What do you have to say? So we began a dialogue right there. And so at one part of this talk, I will invite a student or students to the stage. And so I just broke the order of things and I had him come up and I sat him down and and I began to have a conversation with him in front of the auditorium of students and I began to affirm who he was and what he wanted to do and as I did that the whole atmosphere in the room began to change where I uh, rather than um, get sucked into this comedy show that he was trying to bring me into but to begin to interact with him on a deeper level um, on a human level because every hero, every person um, has what they call like a four level, um, four tier level of their character. One is the wound, um, the, the trauma or drama that we've dealt with as human beings, um, fear or the negative fear being the, the thing that we're um, afraid of or running from 
or a negative characteristic that's connected to the wound or trauma that we dealt with. Identity, the mask that we wear to protect ourselves from being hurt again. And then underneath all of that is the essence. So what I try to do when I'm having conversation with students in some of these different environments is I want to speak to their essence. So as I was talking to this student, I was trying to speak to the essence of who he was as a person, created a completely different atmosphere. Then I opened it up for questions. And some of the questions that these middle school students were asking me were so unbelievably deep and powerful. After it was all over, there were two young ladies that came and spoke to me. I think they were eighth graders. I began to talk about um, fatherlessness, begin to talk about some of the brokenness that they had dealt with in their relationships. These kids are crying, breaking down. And so it was, again, a conversation that we're dealing with some of the externalities of race and culture and racism and all those things. But underneath it all, we're all human beings. And so we need to understand our history, especially it being African-American History Month and all that stuff. We need to know the story of the United States. We need to understand the story of Native American conquest and all that. We, we need not minimize all that. But I think underneath it all, as we interact human to human, person to person, and have the opportunity to share our stories back and forth, I think it, um, I think it leads us to a space of healing that maybe doesn't happen any other way. It's awesome. So I, I want to leave it there because yeah. I won't be able to say anything better than what you just said. <laughs> um, but, you know, since we are celebrating Black History yeah. Month and yes. celebrating hip hop, um, if people only listen to one hip hop record, what would you tell them oh, to dude, listen to? If you, if you could only pick one. I'm going to say. I think uh, I would say public enemy. Um, I think it, it takes a nation to hold us back. Or the one that has um, uh, Black Steel in the Hour of Chaos, Fight the Power, and um, 911 is a joke. Those are, that's what I would say. Good choice. And if people want to reach out to you on social, how do yeah, they find you? They can, um, I'm on Twitter, um, Julian Newman. I'm on Instagram. Um, and I'm on Facebook, I'm Julian Newman. So you can uh, search me out. I love to start a conversation. Thank you, sir. All right. Hey guys, one last thing before you bounce, just want to remind you that for the month of February, all of these podcasts were made possible by McDonald's and I cannot thank them enough. Uh, it's this sort of support that makes these podcasts possible. So if you're enjoying what's happening, make sure you shout out to McDonald's or go see them and say hi. But I just want to take one more shot to uh, circle back and say big, huge thanks to McDonald's for making this stuff possible all month long. Talking hip hop, talking black history month. Big thanks to McDonald's and M Live to Eric Hulkerin. And this has been the Incredible Hulk Podcast.